When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Friday. Uh, it's a good Friday, even though it's not good Friday. It's a very good Friday. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, outstanding uh, Friday afternoon. I hope uh, that we get you off into your weekend with a great show. I got to say, it wasn't not that I'm surprised by today's Supreme Court decision. We knew that it was coming down at the end of this month. We, I woke up this morning thinking like they're probably going to announce it this morning, uh, but not fully, fully prepared for this decision to come down that everyone's talking about. The Supreme Court has overturned uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, we had a, uh, a different show planned for today that we're actually going to do that show and we'll air it on Saturday, uh, an interview and a conversation with T uh, Michelle Tafoya and uh, a reaction to her interview with the Dan Levitard show. We're gonna unpack all of that on Saturday. And just today, I wanna take some time and, and Jill Savage, who was gonna be here and be participate in my conversation with uh, Michelle Tafoya, but she's in studio here with me today to help talk about uh, this overturning of Roe v. Wade and Pastor Bobby Harrington has circled back. You guys know Bobby from Wednesdays in Tennessee Harmony. Uh, Bobby is in studio with us as well. And so we're gonna try to uh, unpack a, a monumental day uh, in American history, a day that I think a lot of uh, pro-life people, a lot of Christians have been praying for for nearly half a century. Uh, well, it arrived here today. Uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I, I think if you even think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I think there was a lot of people that knew that Roe v. Wade was a bad decision uh, built on lies and some chicanery and tricker, trickery that helped get that passed. And this is all long overdue, but it's been a heck of a 50 year fight uh, to get it overturned and to not federalize abortion and have America as a country basically take a position on abortion that should be left to the states. That's the way our Constitution was set up. That's the way things should run. Uh, so it's, it's finally here. They've done it. Uh, we heard about the leak a month ago. Uh, chaos, I'm sure, is going to follow. 
Uh, and again, that's one of the reasons why we've been doing this show and trying to promote a fearless attitude because the, the battle's not over. Uh, there's likely to be some uh, social unrest uh, because that's the way the other side fights and, and they're being lied to. And so I wanna uh, play a clip from uh, Nancy Pelosi earlier today. And, and the thing that, that blows my mind is these politicians are elected and their job is to uphold the Constitution. I don't even think they understand the Constitution. Nancy Pelosi has been uh, in politics for nearly 50 years. I don't know if she even understands uh, the Constitution. She thinks that the right to an abortion is a constitutional right. It was a bad judicial decision. It's not a constitutional right, but here's uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, melting down. There's no point in saying good morning because it certainly is not one. This morning, the radical Supreme Court is eviscerating Americans' rights and endangering their health and safety. But the Congress will continue to act uh, to overcome this extremism and, extremism and protect the American people. Today, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has achieved their dark, extreme goal of ripping away a woman's right to make their own dis reproductive health decisions. Because of Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, and the Republican Party, their supermajority in the Supreme Court, American women today have less freedom than their mothers. With Roe and their attempt to destroy it, radical Republicans are charging ahead with their crusade to criminalize health freedom. In the Congress, be aware of this, the Republicans are plotting a nationwide abortion ban. They cannot be allowed to have a majority in the Congress to do that, but that's their goal. And if you read, and again, we're all studying all this, but if you read what is in the very clear, one of the justices had his own statement. It's about contraception, in vitro fertilization, family planning, that is all what will spring from their decision that they made today. It's such a contradiction. Yesterday, the, say, the states <clears throat> cannot make laws governing the constitutional right to bear arms. And today, they're saying the exact reverse, that the states can overturn a constitutional right for 50 years, a constitutional right for a woman having the right to choose. The hypocrisy is raging, but the harm is endless. So the Second Amendment is a constitutional right. It's the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. And so for a Supreme Court to say, hey, look, you can't infringe upon this right that was the Second Amendment. The, it's fundamental to the U.S. 
abortion, there is no abortion amendment that I'm aware of. Is, is it the 25th? Is it the 28th? Is it the third? Is it the, name the amendment or na name it where it's a constitutional right. What they're actually saying is that this wasn't part of the Constitution. It's not a part of the Constitution. Therefore, the states need to decide this individually. There is no hypocrisy. There is no contradiction here between the decision they made yesterday about gun laws in New York. Because again, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, that means it was there, what was the Constitution ratified in 1787? I, I believe, uh, and so it's been there since then, and you can't infringe upon it. And so there has never been a constitutional right to an abortion. So she's just lying, or she doesn't know what she's talking about, and she's incompetent and doesn't understand the Constitution. Now, what she is referring to in a gutless way because she should have called out the name and, and been very specific. Clarence Thomas did write his own separate opinion, uh, which I applaud him for. And he said, and again, no one else signed off on this, but this is Clarence Thomas. They're like, hey, look, the way we just ruled today on Roe v. Wade, or I think this thing was called Dobbs, the way we should apply this same thinking to same-sex marriage and contraceptives that's his opinion. I happen to agree with him. I, I don't, you know, this whole thing of like uh, same-sex marriage is settled law and some kind of constitutional right and blah, blah, blah. I don't agree with that either. And I'm glad uh, Clarence Thomas has a pair and is letting them hang and is telling people exactly what he wants to do and how he wants to interpret the Constitution. That's the kind of fearlessness and manliness we actually need more of in America. Don't hide your agenda, say exactly what it is, and then let's have the debate, let's have the argument. Hats off to Clarence Thomas. If that scares Nancy Pelosi and the other people, I don't care. But today is a great day, particularly uh, for those of us that believe it's been wrong and unfair for the United States of America to take a position on abortion. And, and we don't want that as one of our founding principles. That mindset is corrosive. And, and that, that mindset of a, how we don't value life, it starts in the womb and how we feel about what's growing inside of women in their wombs. It's what we, how we feel about life can be expressed through how we feel about the abortion issue. And as a country, we shouldn't be pro-abortion. Now, if states, if people in their states elect people and vote in people and have politicians and, and that's how the state feels about abortion and wants to make it readily available all the way through birth, the United States of America grants that freedom and you're more than welcome to move to one of those states. If you're in a state that for prohibits that, you're more than welcome to leave it and go to another state where that freedom is readily available. There's no infringement upon women's reproductive rights. 
There's plenty of free. There will be states across America where women have, will have access to an abortion, and in some states, probably California, they're debating, and again, they're legitimately debating whether you can kill a child after birth. So you can move to those states. They got great weather, the whole nine. High taxes, great weather. You can go live out there. But again, a lot of this stuff, uh, I haven't, I'm more contemplative. And I know I, we've had time, this was leaked, it was coming. Uh, but I, I don't know where this is gonna spin, but we've had someone at Kavanaugh's home previously uh, threatening to kill him. I'm concerned about where this is going to lead when decisions like this get made. Look, when we ended slavery, President Lincoln lost his life. Uh, we're ending uh, abortion uh, as a federal uh, guideline or rule or whatever. Things could get really dicey because the left uh, believes in violence to impose its will. And that should be our new prayer that everybody survives what could be on the way as these demonic forces react to the fact that America actually took a tiny, tiny, tiny little step away from this satanic movement that has devalued life. Uh, I'm gonna open up the conversation and, and Bobby, Jill, uh, thank you for joining me. And again, you don't have to solely react to what I've said, or you can just express how you're feeling today and what your takeaways are. Well, I'm really grateful. I, um, I've prayed for the end of Roe versus Wade. I think it's an unjust, uh, ungodly uh, practice in the nation. I've, I've had friends who've prayed every day for years about this, and it will result in a reduction in the number of uh, unborn human beings. And <clears throat> the Bible teaches that God knits us together in our mother's womb. And so I'm, I'm really pleased, and I thank God, uh, that this decision has come down. Yeah, I, I cried this morning when it came out. Um, I might even do it again on your show. It's, it's something that we've waited so long for that I never thought was going to happen. And I'm so grateful that it's here, finally, because you see you know, we were we had the last show, Jason, what is a woman? You're going to find that, oh, they know what women are today. They're going to be calling them women. You're taking away women's right to choose. So they suddenly know what a woman is and they just keep flip flopping their arguments and going back and forth. And it's it's finally the truth shining through. The the. I, I want to go directly at that, that somehow women are less free today than they were previously. You're a woman. Can, do you understand at all their argument that somehow women are, are, are less free today? I mean, I see what they're trying to say with the, you know, upward mobility and the women in the workplace and, and they have a, a choice in this. Well. They also had a choice before this. You just have to make the decision earlier and 
there are consequences for your actions. We live in a society where you want to just go out and have everything fall your way. And if it doesn't, if it's something like an inconvenience, as the left would say, they want a very simple, easy way of getting rid of this and saying, oh, I want to live my life the way I see fit and I'm going to do it come hell or high water. And we've, we've just been accustomed to that as a society, that it's instant gratification no matter what. And there are now already, uh, you know, when Texas abortion ban came into place, there's now people out there that have had their children. They're going to go through struggles. Everybody goes through struggles, but they will see now the blessings that are in their lives, whereas before they could have just made a choice and not even thought about it and just moved on and, and had that then lingering with them, though, for the rest of their lives. Now you actually are going to say, OK, do I want to go out and, you know, is, is this the man that I'm going to want to be the father of my child? Maybe we can start thinking about that. And honestly, that might be a very good thing for the country at this point in time. Bobby, I, I, I do. There is a responsibility on men because yeah. I, I do want to be fair here and, and try to cover all the issues in play. But w where the left and the feminist movement ha have, how they define freedom is like, can I do all the things that men can do? And the perception is that when it comes to a kid, a man has more freedom than a woman. Both parties have sex, one party gets up, and there's no human being growing inside of them, and they can walk away from that responsibility, and the woman is left with the burden. And so the feminists are saying, we gotta have the same freedom as men. And the abortion gives us that freedom. And so in, in, in part of the responsibility on men is, we need to make sure we're doing things that promote us living up to our responsibilities and, and putting pressure on us that like, no, 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 you just can't lay down, get up and walk away from what you created. And, and that is kind of the culture, the swipe right, swipe left, tender environment that we, that's been going on for a number of years. And so again, that's why I keep, this is a day of, of celebration but there's responsibility yeah. that go along with that that we all must embrace. Yeah, really, this is a day uh, that's going to cause all of us to have to look at the broader issues. And I think one of the most important ones is this question of what does it mean to be a man? And what does it mean, according to God, to live your life as a man who is to love the women in his life and lay his life down for them in sacrifice. If you have a culture where um, sex is just about sex and personal satisfaction, but it's not about the coupling together of people uh, in an intimate relationship uh, where children are created to be loved by both, both the mother and the father, if you don't have that vision, then a lot of this stuff doesn't, doesn't make sense. Um, so what a great opportunity to call men to take care of their women, to take care of their children, to be responsible, to reject passivity, to, to stand up and say, 
I want to be the kind of man that God intended me to be so that you don't have to suffer through this uh, unplanned pregnancy by yourself. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. The other, and I'm just, because again, I don't have some set plan for how this conversation goes, but I'm just sitting here thinking about the things that I've witnessed in my 55 years of life and how the culture has changed. Yeah. And so I'm just, Jill, you're much younger than me and Bobby. Uh, but there was a time, and I'm telling I lived through it, where having sex was a really, really big deal. Like, I mean, it's like, oh my God, so-and-so had sex? And we talked this way in high school. And it was like a bit, now, it, it, it's, it's almost like changing your underwear or taking a poop. Uh, everybody expects you to do it, and everybody is doing it. And uh, that, that, the culture we've moved into has placed this, it's, it's made an abortion in the minds of many more necessary and more fundamental right because we've moved to a place where we've devalued sex so much and use it in a way that it was never intended uh, that I, 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 I can, when, when, when I go home tonight and turn on the TV, I'm expecting to see chaos because of the culture we've created. So many people, oh my God, you know what I mean? I can't have an abortion? We're having all this free sex and everybody's just swiping right and left. Because sex has been so abused, we're now addicted to it and we're addicted to all the things uh, that help us do it without responsibility. That's why we're going to see potentially uh, violent chaos throughout America. And I'm, I'm just, how do we corral that? How do we, how, you know, again, I, the purpose of this show and why Bobby's here and here every Wednesday is just, if there's not some spiritual awakening, yeah. And a return to some biblical values. Uh, today will be a pointless celebration. I, I, you, I know you asked Joel. Go, you go first. I want to add to it. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, it's, it's a revival or bust at this point. Yes. You, you either all get on board or there's not going to be much to fight for at, at the end of, of America. Um, but when I look at this, it's so many different issues across our culture that are coming in to the abortion topic. And that's why they're so mad, right? Nancy Pelosi, you played the clip of her saying, oh, this is a constitutional right. Well, how do we get where a majority of people believe that it's a constitutional right? Well, you send them all through government schools and they tell them throughout history, okay, this is it. This is the way that it's going to be. It's going to be a constitutional right. Anyone with a brain can go through and look and say the 10th Amendment says that any anything not issued by federal law is by their declared issues of the state. The states get to decide. I know that, you know that, we all know that. But there's a large portion of the country that they purposefully want to keep in the dark. It, it, to me, it's it's just so many of the different variations of evil coming through to just lay force with abortion. And, and that's where you're going to see all of the demons coming out in the streets. And AOC at the very top of the show 
It's illegitimate. Okay, so the, the first time that they don't have the courts in my lifetime on the left, these these rulings now are illegitimate because they don't say what they want to say. And then they need to take to the streets. Well, because that's what the leftists do. They want to create chaos. They aren't building up society, making us better, making us all come together. They are tearing us down and creating divisions. This is really uh, a moment in the nation's history where I'm hoping that it'll be about God. And here's what I mean by that. If you have a view of life that's a secular view where God's not a part of it, then you're going to make up your own rules. You're going to make up your own rules to satisfy the individual, especially in a, an enlightened, wealthy society like ours. If there is no God, we invent the rules for our own individual happiness where we're creating the rules, we're creating the playbook, and we get the life we want. And that's what you're seeing on the extreme left. What if, though, we were made by God and that uh, we had a nation that had a lot of Judeo-Christian values embedded in it because that's what most people believed when the nation was founded and in the early years. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we're not thinking about God and we're going this other way. What if this gives us an opportunity for a national revival? I mean, here's the thing that I... Uh, I'm hoping that pastors and churches throughout the land will actually cast a vision of a better vision. It's a better life. The life that God intended for us where men are men who love their wives and their families and stay with them and, and walk with them and they enjoy life together and they have children together and the family is a blessing on the community and on the country and where we uphold God's principles. Wouldn't it be great if it was a national revival around those things? But here's the deal. I think Jill's right. I think that this is a moment of spiritual conflict in the nation that's going to come to the fore like never before. And uh, I'm just hoping that Christians will pray for revival. We will be kind and loving but firm around the ways of God. I, I, I think both of you are right. I, I think the abortion issue along with things I think we've seen with Black Lives Matter and, and the Marxism that's being pushed, all of this is promoting a conversation or conflict where people are starting to be able to see like, hold on, this is good versus evil. And, and we have to have that conversation of like, as a nation, can we, because again, I, John Adams, I think said, this is our second president, one of our founding fathers, said, look man, this constitution and this thing we've set up only works for religious and moral people. That's right. And, and so that is the conversation that we're actually having. Are religious, moral people going to win out over the people that are saying, you know what, screw your religion, screw your morals, we can make it up, we can write a whole new constitution based around our current worldview. And the argument they're making is that and those old guys, the founding fathers, well, they were racist anyway. They were flawed human beings, and, and they believed in slavery, so we don't have to respect anything yeah. that they say. And that's all, and I say, that, well, hold on, man. My mother smoked cigarettes, and so did my father. But they told me not to smoke. And <laughs> they didn't want me to have 
their sins cast upon me. And I never smoked cigarettes. And, and so it, 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 the sin doesn't eliminate the truth. And the sin of the founding fathers doesn't eliminate the brilliance of their founding documents and the system they set up. And, and particularly when they acknowledged their sin and wrote the documents in a way to eradicate the sin that they couldn't immediately just snap their fingers and get rid of. I, I wanna take care of some business and continue the conversation, give you two guys a, a couple of seconds to uh, marinate on what we've been talking about and see if we can keep, continue to move the conversation forward. But uh, there are two things you need for the 4th of July, fireworks and a good old fashioned American steak. It's easy to get good fireworks, there's a vendor on every corner, but getting high quality American meat isn't as easy. Don't cook up a steak from some other country this 4th of July. Yeah, over 85% of grass-fed beef you'll find in stores is imported from overseas. No, this year, instead, grill up 100% American prime ribeye from Good Ranchers. Right now, they're giving away two free 18-ounce prime ribeyes with my code, FEARLESS. Good Ranchers is an award-winning subscription company that delivers American meat to your door. They sell steakhouse quality beef, chicken, and seafood that's superior to what you're buying at the grocery store. You can do a one-time purchase to try, to try it out or subscribe and get $25 off every box for the life of your subscription. It's an amazing product delivered right to your door every four, six, or eight weeks. Go to goodranchers.com backslash fearless or use my code fearless at checkout to get your two free 18 ounce ribeyes. Shop Good Ranchers today. It's American meat delivered. Be a good fearless soldier. Uh, feed your soldiers at home, Good Ranchers, because they believe in what we believe in. All right, I'm gonna continue my conversation uh, with Jill Savage and uh, Bobby Harrington. Pastor Bobby, you guys know every Wednesday, Jill's back in studio uh, with us uh, today and Saturday. There's gonna be a special uh, Saturday edition of Fearless, our conversation that Jill and I will have with uh, Michelle Tafoya. Uh, but today we just wanted to focus in on uh, the overturning of, of Roe v. Wade. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts uh, surprised us when this was leaked a month ago. This was a 5-4 decision. Uh, it comes out today, 6-3. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts jumps on board. Why do we think he did that? Jill, you had a kind of interesting theory. Uh, well, yeah, when you when you look at the 5-4 decision, it was the leaked draft. Obviously, we all know that that came out. And then, okay, we get the 6-3. And Justice Roberts coming over. I mean, frankly, it's a big middle finger to everybody out there saying, you think that you can go through and intimidate the courts? We're not going to let you. And it's the most surprising, you guys, because if you follow the Supreme Court at all, Justice Roberts cares about himself and the way that he looks. He went through and, and changed, rewrote the law in Obamacare to make sure that that went through. You can't do that as a Supreme Court justice, but he did it anyway. So today, it's, it's a legacy of the court that, that Justice Roberts is caring about and making sure that you cannot come through, we will not be intimidated. And it, it, the unprecedented nature of a Supreme Court leak, he, he was not okay with that and giving that an, an even bigger divide where you're not gonna have a 5-4 to go hit the streets with. 6-3 is, is, you know, it's, it's only one difference, but in the view of many, 
it will be completely different when history looks back on this now? I, when she told me that before the show, my immediate thought was, I wish that one of the liberal judges had had the courage, knowing that it was gonna be passed, draw that line in the sand, because again, these guys are all colleagues and peers, and they should be smart enough to realize, well, hold on, tonight, they're outside Brad Kavanaugh's house trying to kill him. Uh, two years from now, three years, that could be me. The, the, thing, the tide could switch and people could be outside my house. And they sh I wish they had all kind of rallied together and it had been a unanimous decision. Obviously, I'm living in a fantasy world. But when you see your peers, the people you work with every day, uh, you're seeing protesters outside their house, their families, and all of that being basically threatened. And they all know, everybody should know like, hey man, things have gotten so chaotic and surely to God, they understand history well enough to know that lives are actually in danger. Let's all grab hands. We know which way the decision's going. Let's all say enough is enough. And I, I give Roberts credit uh, for jumping on board because that, that's, that signal, that message needs to go out to Nancy Pelosi and everybody in the media that will basically be spurring uh, these rioters on. And, uh, you know, it was just, I think it was yesterday, Keith Oberman. And again, I know he's been disgraced and has a lot less influence, but one of the founding fathers of MSNBC basically said we need to scrap the Supreme Court, ignore it. And that mentality is being pushed out there that like, hey, we don't, we don't need to respect the setup, the way this country was set up and the laws of this country. That's dangerous, man. Yeah, I think that, the, uh, at least the way I see it, and I think the Bible teaches us, is to see this as a spiritual warfare. <clears throat> People on the far left, and I want to delineate being on the left versus the far left, um, <clears throat> although when you're on the left, progressives have to progress, which means they go to the left. But the weight of the left is religious. And so many people don't understand the spiritual world. But there's a religious zeal that their God, it's an idol, this, this idol of individual success is a demonic idol. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, the pagan nations would sacrifice their children to the god Molech. Uh, who was an idol. And there's an idol of a secular individual life pursuing individual freedom, however I may want it, uh, whatever thou will. I think that's your expression, Jason. Do what thou will. It's uh, not it, mine, that's Aleister Crowley. It, it's, it's religious. <laughs> I had a friend uh, who leads a massive disciple-making movement in Africa call me um, when the, uh, the riots were going on. He goes, Bobby, it's demonic. There's a spiritual warfare in America. Uh, on Monday, I was with a buddy of mine, Jim Putman, in uh, Spokane, and we were just talking about what was happening. And he said it again. He said, it's like there's a spiritual warfare. And I think that people fail to realize that entire nations can get caught up on the demonic side. Like Nazi Germany was clearly captivated by the demonic. And I think what we have to acknowledge is this is spiritual warfare. And let's go, let, let's push people 
to answer the God question. Because ultimately, either we're going to invent life and live life as we want to live it, or there is a God who cares about our lives, who loves us, gives us guidance and direction, and his way is the best way for us. So let's have that conversation. I think you're absolutely right. And it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of let's have this conversation. Let's put it out in the open now, because for so long we kicked the can down the road. And now this is something that we can have as a national dialogue is what side do we really want to be on as a country? And if you turn on the, the mainstream media tonight, you're going to get one point of view. Your kids at school are going to get yeah, that same right. point of view. Everywhere, Hollywood, everywhere that you turn in culture yeah. is going to tell you one thing. And they don't understand the other side because they're on the wrong side. They aren't on God's side. They've decided that they, if you don't have God, you're going to replace it with something else. This is what they've replaced it with. That's right. You know, there's an expression, politics is downstream from culture. So what's upstream? If politics and what Nancy Pelosi and AOC or whoever, if what they're saying is downstream, let's go to what's upstream. And what's going to be upstream in culture are the beliefs, the values, and the core convictions upon which we build a culture. Let's have that conversation. What's upstream? And what's going to be upstream ultimately is either God or no God. Is, is the foundation of this nation built around Judeo-Christian teachings, although imperfectly done. But the attempt to uphold Judeo-Christian beliefs, is that the right foundation or not? And here's what I'm hoping, Jason. I'm hoping that in the churches that people will speak uh, kindly and lovingly. Uh, speak. Uh, um, uh, I, I, last night I was thinking it was coming out today, so I wrote a post, a pi uh, end of Roe versus Wade, five pastoral reflections uh, for my church. And it's like, let's thank God. Uh, secondly, let's make sure we talk about forgiveness because I do want to say this. Like all sins, if we genuinely repent, God forgives not only those who commit abortion, but the men who help women do it or encourage it. And then let's, let's be for life. I just found out recently from some family members, you know, there's like 33 families waiting to adopt for every child that can be adopted. So let's champion uh, adoption. Let's champion life. Let's champion marriage. And let's get involved in the, in the God question. Does God have anything to say about this? And let's pray for revival and the spirit of favor in the land that God would let us uh, speak a word of love and grace and forgiveness and rightness and goodness and calling men to be godly men and women to be godly women. So I know from getting to know you and Anthony uh, so well, how far in advance you guys plan your services and sermons. So something like this happens. Will you incorporate that into your sermon this Sunday? Or do you stick with your game plan? So the two things, one is I, I wrote the article and we published it through renew.org. In fact, I think I sent it to John. I hope he can show it because I hope it encourages everybody. Um, so, and that's going to, to our church. It's going out to a, a network of churches. On Sunday, I've got to pray this through a little bit uh, because we have, uh, Carol Swain's already going to be at our church Sunday. 
uh, and she was going to talk about um, uh, several issues. She has a book on uh, countercultural Christianity. So I think what I'm going to do is say a few minutes Sunday morning and encourage everybody to come back for a deeper dive Sunday afternoon at 4. Here's why for so many people, uh, there's just, uh, you know, these drive-by sound bites. And drive-by sound bites are not going to win over people who've been discipled by the secular universities, the secular media. They're just going to look at it as hateful speech on our part unless they can understand a deeper dive about the love of God and, and a bigger, better vision of what, it, what human sexuality is and of upholding life. So I'd prefer to have the deeper dive uh, with Carol. And my hope and my prayer is that we can actually have the more substantive conversation about the sanctity of life, uh, human life, uh, pre-born humans, but then how we, how we actually look at inconvenient people today. Because my bigger concern is we have a mindset that if you cause me problem, I gotta get rid of you. And that applies to mental illness, it applies to the elderly. I was with my mother on the weekend who's uh, got dementia. Uh, you know, she's not fully there anymore, but she's my mother. And I love her and I, I just want us to do all we can. So it's a bigger view of the sanctity of human life. And I think that the, the vision that Jesus has is a way better vision than just get rid of the inconvenient human life in the womb or right after it comes out of the womb. So I want to go for the, the deeper, more profound conversation. I, I've been having a debate all day in my head Obviously, this feels good, but I'm not sure if I feel more hopeful. And, and I want to throw that to both of you because, and I get my cynicism or reluctance to feel hopeful comes from like, well, I think we're going to have a very chaotic, noisy, and violent weekend. And, and so I'm what, do you feel more hopeful today? And if so, why or why not? I do feel more hopeful, but I also understand what you're saying. This is not going to be an easy road. There is going to be a lot of bumps before we get to where we need to go. Um, that we've been talking about, the left likes to create chaos and division and they will hit the streets and they will do everything that they've been saying they were going to do all week if this decision came out against to overturn uh, Roe v. Wade. But ultimately, we needed to have this day, this day needed to happen to get us to where we're going to be in six months, a year, two years. This is the first step to to get us on the road where we are having these conversations out in the open. Do we believe that every baby is, a, is an actual human life in the womb, ready, you know, should have all of those rights right there from birth or not? And it, it gets us into these deeper conversations like you've been saying. Yeah, uh, I, I share your ambivalence because in his providence, I think God has allowed this to happen I think he did hear the prayers of many people. But now the nation is confronted with what is our view of life? Which God are we going to serve? Yep. Are we going to serve the secular God of Molech, uh, who likes us to abort and kill unborn human beings? Or are we going to, as a nation, say, 
hey, we've, we've, it just feels like culturally, again, these are the, the downstream uh, manifestations of things in our culture that it's a tipping point cultural moment. And I think over the next several months, there's gonna be a lot of chaos. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking and I'm hoping and I'm praying that we'll call out for revival and that the Spirit of God would literally capture the hearts of men and women and we turn our hearts back to God and say, God, show us the way because we have lost it and we need your help, we need your intervention. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you for helping me uh, talk about uh, this issue. Uh, and as I told you all, we're gonna have a special uh, Saturday edition of uh, Fearless with Jason Whitlock, Michelle Tafoya. We'll join uh, Jill Savage and I, we'll discuss her interview with uh, Dan Levitar. Uh, happy Friday, happy Good Friday uh, to, to, you, to all of you out there. Uh, I think I hear tomorrow, and you know what? This time, it does mean we'll see you tomorrow. Freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my sister, no relation. We all just want to have freedom. Sitting on the corner, never been alone. I'm breaking my back for freedom. Bless, we are living, get back. We are receiving all the seed when we all want to be free. We want freedom I just want, I wanna be I just want